0: Hey, Chosen fam, welcome to the Chosen Girl Tell Me About It podcast. I'm Liz. And I'm Sarah. And we are two best friends coming together to learn more about God and how we are chosen in Him. Join us here every Tuesday as we dive into God's Word about topics we all face to ultimately seek truth. We would love if you would subscribe and rate this podcast, and be sure to check out the free resources at
1: thechosengirl.com. Let's get this party started.
0: We're live. <laughs> if you can, yeah. I was going to say, if you can't see them, of course you can't see them. This is a podcast, but they're waving. <laughs> but welcome back, guys. We're um, with our last installment of our relationship series. We, If you haven't caught up yet, we did our first relationship uh, episode on singleness with our friend Georgia Brown, and then last week we talked with Riley and Michaela Young about dating and then today we have back one of our beloved veterans of the tell me about it podcast Alexis if you didn't hear her um podcast a few weeks ago on famous for you need to go back and listen and look at her story study on our Instagram highlights but she has brought her lovely husband Carson to talk about marriage with us today (laughs) yes (laughs) welcome to the pod guys Thank Thanks you.
2: Thanks for having I'm us. I'm so glad you got Thanks for having me. I'm officially a chosen boy.
0: <laughs> oh, yes. An honorary I chosen boy.
2: Sarah didn't make that up before. <laughs>
0: we're we're going to get that copyrighted right away. Yeah, um, I need to hear like quick. Yes. But seriously, thank y'all so much for coming on. Uh, do y'all care to introduce yourselves, Alexis? Reintroduce yourselves to our followers and listeners.
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm Alexis. Uh, my last name is now Butcher, thanks to this guy. Used to be Alexis Slifer, so if you followed any of the old podcasts or any of the music, that's kind of how you could find me as well. Um, but I'm here for the third time with my husband, Carson.
2: Yeah, I'm Carson. Uh, it's my first time on the show. I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be great.
0: Sweet. Thank you all so much for being here. For of course. Of course um do y'all want to go I'll go ahead Liz oh no no
1: no go ahead well I was just going to say um do you guys want to tell us a little bit more about how you met and um just kind of like the timeline of your relationship that has led to this point you
3: guys have been married for a few years yeah so in December we will have been married for four years and so far so great it's been fantastic yep from my perspective I won't speak for him but um, I feel like they already have heard from me so many times do you want to start off
2: sure yeah
3: tell them like our story and how we met and everything
2: yeah so I I was in a band for plenty of years when I started I was like 16 and um, uh, that band uh, I guess in 2016 was touring through the Nashville Clarkville 2015 yeah Nashville Clarkville area yeah 2015 and we were playing uh just a random show at a bar out there and um the show started at like seven and so at like 3 p.m we see this car with two girls drive up and like my band's not was not like a big band and there wasn't like even the headliner of the tour wasn't huge so it was like why why are these people here this early
3: surprise it was me
2: yeah. And so we pull up, <laughs> these people pull up and it's, uh, one of our friends named Laura and then Alexis. And apparently one of, uh,
3: one of Laura's friends was in the band. Yeah. So she had gone to college with him and he was the guitarist and she had like coerced me to go into this show two hours away from home because she was like, I don't want to go alone, but he's an old friend. I'll buy you a ticket. So I go. Cool.
2: Yeah. So she goes, we see her and, it's kind of weird cause we just don't know who it is and, and, and her and uh, one of our guys in the band and, and the other girl go out to get coffee and they come back and you, you can tell this part how you kind of, you, you knew me from one of your friends.
3: Yeah. So I did think he was cute. Um, I will say that. What? And so I was like, we're just waiting. If you've been to like a concert, you know, there's a lot of downtime if you get there early at all. And we got there at 3 PM. So, um, I'm sitting there and I was like, I'm just gonna like look him up on Facebook because he's like pretty cute, whatever. I also had a boyfriend, so we'll get to that later. Um, but so I look him up and I'm like, oh my gosh, we have a friend in common, and it was like a friend who had been in my youth group for a long time, um, and so it was just really interesting. So I went up and like introduced myself, I guess, kind of again. It was like, hey, I actually just looked you up on Facebook and we happened to have a mutual friend Cody. Like, how do you know Cody? And then we just started talking about like life and um, realized our dad was both pastors. And um, I realized that at the bar where they were a Christian band but kind of like undercover, he was not drinking. And I was like, Do you drink? And he was like, No, and I was like, Oh my gosh, neither do I. And that was like kind of a pivotal thing for me. Cause it's just something I felt like God had called me to in life. Um, and just had always prayed that someone would also feel the same way because if you know, the Lord has called you to something specific, then it'd be great to do that with somebody else. So I was like, Oh my gosh. And we were like 12 twins fist bump. Um, yeah. And then we were like really vibing. And, uh, he asked for my number at the end of the night and I was like, I'm sorry, I actually have a boyfriend, like, I thought it would just feel wrong at this point to, like, give you my number and continue on, like, with something when I already have a boyfriend, even though my best friend at that time, Laura, who took me there, will still vow to this day that we were, like, breaking up, you know, you know that, that time, yes. where it's just like, no, okay. so, um, yeah, and then he messaged me on Facebook after we left and said, here's my phone number for when you break up with your boyfriend. Oh, loving yeah. that.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay, Carson, we see you. We see you, Carson.
2: Not cocky at all.
0: No, not
4: it's at all.
2: Different. But someone had said that they'd only been dating for like a month. So it was like, oh, okay. That's that's different. It's not like they've been together for years. So I guess it's probably still, probably True. shouldn't have done that either way. But
3: <laughs> Glad he didn't. Here now. Yeah. So I'll zoom through the rest, I guess. Yeah. Unless you want to. Oh, no, good. So, um, then Laura reached out to him cause I had broken up with that guy a couple months later and I didn't, hadn't reached out to Carson just cause I, I wasn't going to be that person, I guess. And Carson and I started texting and then I realized that some other people that I knew were also texting Carson and also commenting on Instagram and it was like really flirty. So I was like, yeah, you know, it's true. And so I was like, Hey, you don't owe me anything, but I was kind of under the impression that we were talking. And so I'm going to stop talking to you if you're talking to other people, because that's just the way I, I work. Like, And so you don't owe me anything because we weren't together, but I'm just going to stop talking to you now. Um, you want to tell the rest of that part?
2: Yeah, that was really pivotal for me because, you know, I've, I've grown up a pastor's kid and a Christian my whole life, but Uh, there's just something different when somebody calls you to a higher standard in your faith and in who you are. And so I'd never had that happen from a girl before. So I just, you know, growing up kind of wounded in different areas, I think I just kind of would go through a lot of relationships and, and talk to a lot of girls because, you know, I was just trying to find my value in that. And so I had been in this position many times before, and most of those times the girl would just call me and be like, you're a jerk, I can't believe you, blah, blah, blah and whatever but this time you know with her saying like hey you don't owe me anything we weren't dating or anything and but honestly I just think that you're better than that you're called for more of that you know my like on the inside of me my spirit was just like wow just like immediately I was like that's that's the type of girl that I need to marry and so I need to like figure out what I'm doing and, and figure it out quick so I basically like texted all the girls that I was talking to and said, like, I'm sorry for just being a jerk. I can't talk to you anymore. And just started to kind of focus on more of her. And I was actually living in Kentucky at the time and she was in Nashville. So we were about three and a half, four hours apart. And so, uh, Valentine's day, we went on our first date Valentine's day, 2016. Yep. And so I drove up and took her on a date. And I think within like two weeks after we were already talking about getting married, which was crazy.
4: That is uh, crazy, <laughs>
2: but I had dated people off and on for years, and I was like, I could maybe see myself marrying them, you know, when I'm 28 or 30 or whatever, but I just, I just don't know, and we met, you know, I was 24,
4: 23
2: or 24, 22, No, that young.
4: okay,
2: um, so, <laughs> but I was like, oh, that's, that's the one I got, that's the person I need to marry, you know, so it's, it's just, People laugh and say like, oh, you, it's not going to be that way. There's never a one where you're just like that. I, I, I think sometimes it is. It was that way for me, for yeah. sure.
3: Same. There was just like this um, overwhelming piece on our first date. If you guys have been to Nashville, you listeners, there's um, Opry Land Hotel. And you can go and like walk through the botanical gardens. And so that on our first date, we went to eat. And then we just walked through the botanical gardens and talked all night. And he had brought me like this little vintage box with a letter in it, which I still have from the first date and everything. Um, and it just, it was very natural and it felt like, even though this was our first date, it felt like we were on the same page. Like we had been on the same page for our whole lives in the first date. So yeah, yeah. fast forward two months, we were engaged and then six months later we got married.
0: Wow.
3: So first date, Valentine's Day, married December 10th.
0: (laughs) That is awesome. Oh my gosh. I think that it's so funny how in our last episode with Raleigh and Michaela, who are now married, but we were talking about Mm -hmm. kind of their dating journey. Their timeline was much longer, but both of them had the same common denominator of when they were together and they finally started pursuing each other in their relationship, the peace was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And I think that that's what all of the female listeners who are asking, when do I know he's the one? All of that. I'm like, man, you just got to follow the Holy spirit in that piece. So I loved mm-hmm. hearing That was such a cool little, like just round circle moment that it's all brought back to tied up with a bow of
3: that piece. Mm-hmm. And if you've got people around you who listen and love the Holy spirit too, like um, my mom and his mom were really on board. Like we had prayed with both of them through it. And I would say them, my brother and like a couple other people were just like, yeah, we can't imagine anything else. Wow. And so that makes it a lot easier than just like two people who don't know each other jumping into marriage. It was, it was just a lot more than that when you have the Holy Spirit. Yeah,
1: sure. I love that. I always think it's so important um, that our friends and our circle, the people that we've yoked up with, also see because I have this this idea that um your friends kind of know you better sometimes than you know yourself as a whole collectively Mm -hmm. and so for your friends and your family the people that you know and trust um and also know like and hear from the Holy Spirit to have that confirmation that uh, that's just also so I guess it also enhances the peace that you already know and kind of confirms makes you feel like you're not crazy And you're like all right
3: Lord thank you for confirming like the sure. parts of me that have doubt <laughs> exactly because I mean I will admit like during that time I think we were both aware of how quick it was going
4: yeah
3: it wasn't one of the I mean it was definitely like beautiful and all of that and we were in love and still are but it was like this is really quick <laughs> but it worked. yeah I think that's cool too to you show. have oh
0: I'm sorry Liz no, go ahead. I think it's cool to show too, like last week's episode, it took them years to figure out that mm-hmm. they are supposed to be together. With you guys, it just took a matter of weeks, months, mm-hmm. but like that's the thing you can't compare your journey and your relationship mm-hmm. to somebody else's. No. So to the listener who wants to get married or who is engaged, but it's a long engagement or you're waiting on the one or you're currently in marriage and you're waiting for bigger decisions like – buying a house or having a baby or moving careers or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you cannot compare yourself to your neighbor. You've just got to line yourself up with the Holy spirit because mm-hmm. it could be weeks. It could be months or it could be years, but it doesn't mm-hmm. matter as long as you're in God's timing.
2: Yeah, that's good.
1: So with that being in mind, do you, do you have any advice for that person or that couple that's struggling with comparing their relationship to the relationships with those around them.
2: Yeah. 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 Um, I think a a big part of that is, um, I don't know. There's just, I think any type of comparison kind of starts in fear. You know, when we compare, the only reason we compare is to either show how much better we are than someone or how much worse that we are than someone. Right. There's never a, like a healthy point of comparison when you're like, Oh, that person's doing, Just as well as me. How great. You know what I mean? And so that's why the Bible is really specific, why it says, you know, not to compare. And so I think that a great uh, term of advice for that and to be able to, like, just really set yourself up on the right path is just walk with the Lord and, and decide that, like, hey, no matter what is happening from here, whether this person is my husband, this person is my wife whether this is my career forever job, whether this is my, you know, place I'm going to live in forever. When you just decide that like you're going to wake up every day and, and take one step, maybe if it's just one step in a direction towards the Lord and towards where the Lord wants you to go. Um, your heart becomes ready for those next steps so much quicker. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of it is, is you actually start to, all the value that you were putting in those steps, actually in those things, they go away. You know what I mean? If the Lord says, hey, pick up and move and go over here, you say, okay, Lord, because you, you just, you wake up with the mentality of, I'm not going to compare to what that person did. I'm not going to try to get to there like they did. I'm just going to walk with the Lord every day and see what he wants me to do. And when our value is in what he has asked us to do compared to the thing it is that we're doing, it's it's so much easier to just live your life and, Also, live your life with like your shoulders up. You know what I mean, and be like, oh, you know, when people ask me or or us, be like, what's your plan? You know, what's your ten-year plan? When are you gonna have a baby? When are you gonna do this and that? It's like, "Mm -hmm. I don't know. Whenever, whenever God like wants us to do that, you know, because we really don't know. I think it's, Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of hard to try to plan everything, and then God's like, hey, what about me? Did you want to ask me about that? You know what I mean? And yeah, I'm not saying that to say that people are wrong for planning or trying to get things figured out. I'm just saying that like when we work on our relationship with the Lord first and making sure that we're just walking with him in every day, those things unfold themselves. I really yeah. believe that. I
0: would agree with that. That's incredible advice. I love um, that.
1: So I'll oh, go ahead, Sarah.
0: No, girl, you go. We are, every time I go to ask a question, Liz, you're asking it. This is so <laughs> crazy. <laughs> so, girl, we've been doing this oh, long enough on the same wavelength. Um,
1: So you, that, that's a really great piece of advice. I guess my next um, question is what's the best piece of advice that you've received just in general that has helped you throughout your marriage?
3: I would probably say for me, it might be different for him because we all communicate differently and stuff, but, um, the best advice that I have received was actually from him. Um, And when we met, he was going through like some counseling with a lady at his parents' church. And his advice to me was to work on ourselves separately before working on ourselves as a whole. And so similarly to what he was talking about with comparison, like focusing on my relationship with the Lord and then my well-being, my health, going to a counselor, working things out. I can get rid of my own baggage before even bringing it to the table. And that has been probably the most beneficial thing for me because I, I'm not constantly looking at him. If there's something going on, I'm like, uh, let's start with me first. Like, you know what I mean? Cause there's a real, real temptation, especially in a marriage where, you know, Satan doesn't want you to win to be like, it's all you it's nothing it's nothing to do with me like you're the one making all the decisions or you're the one this or whatever and choosing to look at at ourselves first before pointing the fingers which has been something he's really modeled before me i think has really nipped a lot of issues that could have come up very very quickly
2: yeah i would agree with that you know i think we got a lot of bad advice
3: we <laughs> did
2: just, and it's and it's, it's advice that's kind of, I feel like the standard thing to say, it's like, you know, the, you know, the meme that's like the, the white dad meme, it's like, you know, you're a white dad when you come out of the bathroom and you're like wringing your hands out, you're like, all right, ready to roll. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like those type of things that are like just standard, typical things that like, be. oh, you say we got so many of those. We got yeah. like first year of marriage is going to be the hardest and.
4: Oh, I you hate better that.
2: fight well because you're going to fight yeah. a lot and you better do that. And just like stuff that was like, that, that didn't apply to us at all. And it, it wasn't it in a way of like, we're so great. And the people telling us that were, we're, so bad or so wrong. It wasn't that, it was just what she said about like, you don't fight as much when you, when you start to get, <clears throat> start to get healthy on your own
4: mm-hmm.
2: because when you get healthy on your own, you know, I, I like to think of it as like a wounded animal compared to like a healthy animal if you back like a wounded animal in a corner and a lot of times we get backed in corners emotionally and relationally in different ways and be like, Hey, that bugged me. Why did you do that? You know, that's like backing people in a corner and a, a, a hurt dog will bite and bark first before it, before it says anything back. But somebody that's like healthy will say, Oh, I did that because I was upset about this. And I was actually upset about it because it's one of my own insecurities and When, when you decide to like, and and there is no point where you're like, Oh, I'm healthy. I'm good to go. We get healthy every day forever until we die. But when you decide that, like, I'm going to start working on that, all those little moments of like, this is going to be the hardest and you're going to have to do this. And you're going to have to fight well, because you're going to have to fight all the time. It's like, you nip those things in the bud, like she said, because when she says, Hey, it really bugs me that you did this. And instead of me getting angry, because I think it's an insecurity of myself, I say, Oh, you're right. I'm, I'm sorry about that. And yeah. I, I realize I do that because I, I thought that's the way you did it growing up because this is the way it, mo- it was modeled for me. You know what I mean? And it's wow. just things that, things that people don't tell you because uh, unfortunately, you know, the, one of the ladies I was doing counseling with, she said this and I believe this a lot. She says, the healthier you get in the world, the smaller your friend circle become because it takes a lot of work to get emotionally healthy and it's really hard. And to be honest, a lot of people around you don't want to do it Yeah. because true. the truth of it is it's so painful is mm-hmm. that you don't want to dive into those things that you grew up going through or those things that happened to you as a kid or whatever it was that made you turn out the way that you are, that maybe things that you struggle with. Yeah. People don't want to go back, go back through those. But when you do, when that breakthrough comes and when you can look at something and say, you're upset with me because of this, and the reason I did this is because of that. And instead of saying, like, you're upset with me because there's something wrong with you. You know what I mean? Right. And that you can't get there unless somebody tells you, hey, the reason you act that way is because of that. And you could fix that if you want to. You know, and yeah. so I think that's just that to me is, is the best advice that that we were given is it's like get, get healthy and get emotionally whole. At some point on your own, you know, at
3: least be working on it, be open to the Lord working on you before you're pointing fingers at your spouse
2: for sure.
0: That's good people advice, like Mm -hmm. (laughs) no matter what relationship. I mean, that takes some humbling and some Mm -hmm. honesty. Um, but one of my favorite authors he always says that when him and his wife get into an argument, it's it goes along perfect with what you guys are saying. He always says to himself, at first he's like I hope that the problem is me because I can fix me I can't (laughs) fix her but Mm -hmm. I can fix me so if you're brutally honest with yourself and you let go of those just horrible feelings of being opinionated or being offended Mm -hmm. I mean you can start to break down some walls and get real with what's actually going on so that is fantastic advice guys yeah um, what have you learned about, this was a question that I just came up with, so I'm hitting y'all with a blind spot, a blind spotter here. Um, what have you learned about yourselves through marriage or just about life? Because I feel like you learned so much about yourself because you're living with someone else.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would say for me, just to be real, I learned a lot about like, I'm, I was super codependent. So I really based my entire worth on what everybody else did towards me and if I was doing enough for them and anyone who is in a normal relationship knows that's probably not going to work eventually because you're going to let yourself down, you're going to let them down and then if they ever come to you with criticism, you're going to crumble. And so there I get counseling. But Um, I realized that I was super codependent and I just, I really needed to put my worth in the Lord and not other people. No matter how much I love Carson and want him to be happy, you know, I'm not his source of happiness and he isn't mine. But I also learned, um, I think, how to be more of myself. Like Carson being nonjudgmental. And just pushing me to do whatever dreams I have have made me become more of God who He God wanted me to be than who I ever was before. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, totally.
2: Uh, I've learned that I'm I've become or or naturally a lot more selfish. Uh, just personally, I, I think my whole life I was kind of cultivating my perfect life, and um, if people or things or whatever it was, didn't fit into that circle of what I could use to, to, to meet all my goals and make sure I had everything the way I wanted it. I would just kind of like treat them as variables and just like trade them in and out. And, you know, you can't do that for marriage when you, when you make a commitment and say like, Hey, this whole life might be a variable, but like you and me, we've made a commitment to God that we need to stay together. That selfishness has to, has to learn to die pretty quick. Otherwise you're going to be miserable. what well, the beauty about it is, is that Alexis has really taught me because she's so uh, unselfish and just really, she's really empathetic and cares a lot about other people to where I didn't at all. And now I've started to care so much more about people. And there's so much more of a joy in that. You know, there's so much more of a fulfillment when we decide that, like, you know, everything going on in the inside of me is like cool, but it's more fulfilling to be like, how can I take care of someone else? And so marriage has taught me that about myself, that I might have not naturally been that way. But being married has taught me to be more that way. And it's, it's so much more enjoyable than when I was. Because when you, when you spend your whole life thinking about yourself and getting yourself to where you want to be, uh, stuff is important as well. You know, it's not you, you can't just like throw that to the wind. But when it's your main goal, uh, there is nothing more devastating than meeting those goals and then turning around and being like, OK, now what? You know what I mean? Because it, it didn't it didn't fulfill anything. It didn't actually change anything for you. It just kind of checked off a thing off a list. So that was a, a big one for me.
0: Thank you all for being so honest in that. That was great. Of yeah. course.
1: So, you know, a question that I have, we talk a lot about the, the good things that we experience in marriage and how we grow. But what has been one of the greatest challenges that you two have faced individually and together?
2: I could start. I I think challenges individually, I think with men, um, men are just so wired in a way for visually to be tripped up when it comes to anything uh, wrong, you know, that you look at on TV or Instagram or whatever, just like sexual things that are just like our brains are so wired when we see that to be like, oh, what the heck, you know what I mean? Um, And so that has been I I don't know if I would say a struggle, but there's definitely been times where that's been present of where um, I've had to just like lose the shame of being like, hey, I saw something on Instagram the other night and I didn't I didn't look away quick enough or I'm sorry I checked this out and I shouldn't have. And and there's just something so freeing about being able to tell her that and then her not condemn me. It's obviously something that's really you know it's painful for her she doesn't want that to happen um, but there's so, there's something so freeing about being able to say and being able to tell her that and she says hey I'm that bums me out, but I love you and I appreciate you telling me that as a guy is 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 so freeing to be like oh wow that's she's such a good person a good a godly woman that's what I need to to focus on and not you know and and keep your keep my you know mind and thought process straight and so Um, I think that just as men as a whole, we struggle with, I think all men struggle with that, but a lot of men really struggle with the shame of holding that in because it's so Mm -hmm. shameful. The devil, as soon as something like that happens, the devil's like, oh, you've done it now. You can't tell, you can't tell her you're going to be, she's going to be so furious with you or or whatever. You're going to have to hide it and men hide it. And it just kind of goes in a circle until it's just like, oh, wow, I have a, I have an extreme problem or I've just like kind of just died from the inside because I've never been able to share this with you. And so, um, that's been a, I guess some, some point of, uh, difficulty and and also maybe the thought of, um, sometimes when we, if we, we don't fight a ton, but when we do, I just have a natural, you know, my mom, the mom that I grew up with is just, She's super sweet but she's just really rough and really tough and and just kind of like a kind of like a bulldog honestly in some ways but the way that I grew up to you know when her and I would fight I would just verbally kind of run over her you know and just be like well this is what we're doing and this is this and and you know I kind of realized that like that's not um, that's not right and so that's that has been something to to kind of rework and be like hey I don't need to you know, we can, we can fight. And at the end of it, neither of us have to be right. We can just leave knowing that like, Hey, this is done. And like, what's Jesus say about it? You know?
3: Yeah. I would say for me, probably the two most difficult things, like just being very real is I grew up during the like purity ring movement. If we want to get into that kind of stuff. And it really set me up for some shame going into marriage and intimacy, not seeing myself the way the Lord has made us to be seen intimately and, and the verbiage around how I grew up being like so heavily on purity and not realizing that once you're married, that's still purity, if that makes sense. Oh, yes. Yes. So talking through, like with with friends and uh, my mom has been huge with that, but just talking about what it looks like to go from like purity to purity, but it looks different in marriage. Um, and that is a whole topic that we're super passionate about and probably could talk for 10 years on um, and maybe we'll someday, I don't know. So are you but a- just <laughs> Well, I just mean, like, it, it's hard being a married couple in the Christian world. Like, nobody talks about sex. Why is that? We need because to. then we need to. Exactly. I was talking to one of my uh, co-leaders at our church about it the other day. She's like, why does nobody ever talk about it? She's, like, young and single, and she has nobody to talk to. And I'm like, I don't know, but I'm an open book, so we could just talk all day if you want to. Because there's so much, like, taboo around intimacy and sex life and pornography that, like, obviously I'm not condoning pornography, but just, it's just not talked about. And so I think that for me, that was actually one of the most difficult things is, like, seeing myself as someone who st- strived after purity, but then actually had a sex life later when I'm married. And those things felt really strange, Like, it took me a while to figure that out. And I'm still figuring it out every day. I would say that would probably be one of the most difficult things for me. And I feel like Satan would love
0: nothing more than to keep those conversations in the dark. Not only for single people who are struggling with the shame that comes with certain decisions about purity and intimacy Mm -hmm. and pornography. But also Alexis, I'm right there with you, sister, for confused (laughs) men and women who are like, why do I feel this way? And I'm married and and I don't know who to talk to or what to think or why I feel guilty or, or why, why do I feel the way I feel? It's because it's not talked about. So Mm -hmm. I'm right there with you, girl.
3: Mm -hmm. So I've done a lot of book reading. And a lot of talking to my best friend back home and my mom, <laughs> just like, what does this look like? So I'll let you know when I figure it out.
0: That sounds great. We'll have you back. <laughs> <on the phone. laughs> yeah.
3: I love that. Thank you guys for just
1: for sharing and just being honest and open. Like um, these, these types of conversations are the ones that I know that we really need to have. And, I hope that we have a chance to talk about this more in depth later. Cause it's a real thing that I yeah. think just Christian men and women have questions about that we just really don't address. And it's such a, a just a gift of marriage and um, yeah. we should be talking about it. We shouldn't have to hide in the dark about it.
3: We should yeah. be talking about it and you should be able to thrive in it and not be ashamed of talking about it. Like there's just so many things that I believe about that part of marriage that just no one ever talks about. Mm-hmm. Well, God created
0: marriage, and God created sex to be inside of marriage, and so therefore, mm-hmm. I mean, it's good. So it's kind of like exactly. I'm like there. I said it, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Open, <Not laughs> no, no taxis. Um, so let's talk about this really quick. Um, what should okay? So I feel like there's someone out there, and and maybe they look at you guys or or. Going back to comparison, or, or see me and my husband, or even just compare themselves to um, awesome godly women like you, Alexis, or or Liz, or myself. But if you're struggling, if you're out there and you're struggling with marriage, or if you're feeling things that maybe your husband doesn't understand, or if your husband hasn't has confronted you about things that you don't understand, how? What advice would you give to the couple who is struggling, or Disagreeing on major things, um, or even you know, couples who are struggling to keep God as the foundation of their relationship. I just coupled
3: like two questions into one, so sorry about um, that. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I would say that it it all comes with your personal decision. So the God cannot be the foundation of our marriage if He's not the foundation of my life first and His life first. Because then, when I choose daily to like make the Lord the Lord of my life, and we're, you know, we're not perfect, but we're in scripture sometimes, and we try to pray together as much as possible and as our schedule allows, um, then it's naturally going to be Him as the foundation because He's already the foundation of my life and He's the foundation of Carson's life. So it just only makes sense. But for us, practically, It has looked like, um, there's a super crazy thing, which you probably know about when you get married, your prayers are powerful together. It's like this super sword that nobody talks about. And I don't know why, but when we got married, we started like praying together probably then about once a week. And now we're probably not as good as once a week, but, um, we should probably get back to that. But I feel like each time we would pray over things, we had like a little Google Doc of things that we were thankful for and we had seen the Lord do in our lives and things we were believing for. And we would just go over that list like once a week and pray together. And it was really, really moving in the supernatural world and then in our life in making the Lord our foundation. But I would also say that I sound like a record player on repeat, but... If you're struggling in your marriage, check on you. Like, are you okay first? Are there things in your life that you have not worked through? Because there are things in your past for everyone that can kind of taint your marriage without you even knowing. But it could be like, as a, as a girl, if your father wasn't always there, it could taint your view of a manly authority in your life. If you, you know, had something go on, I'm not sure, fill in the blank, but it can really transpire, like just transpose into your life quicker than you would know into your marriage. So really like being vigilant about having friends that are safe places to talk through things or a counselor or both would be great. Um, And focusing on yourself and the Lord and the relationship that you have with the Lord and then focusing on, that together would be my advice Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so good
1: so a question another question that i have is you know i love that the practical advice that you just gave like in prayer and being intentional with your prayer time and Mm -hmm. you know thinking of the things that we have to be thankful for um but in going back to scripture you know the thing that we all, I guess, is always in the forefront of our minds, especially as women, is, wives, submit to your husband. And I feel like that is spoken over us our entire lives. But mm-hmm. what is that? But no one really talks about what that actually looks like. I feel like there's just a very distorted view. Um, but I guess a, a question is, what do you do if, Carson, if, as together, um, you make a decision and it's not one that you were technically in favor for? How do you continue to support Carson through that?
3: I trust that if Carson decides to go against my good judgment, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, so far we have been on the same page on all of our large decisions, I would say. Can you think of any that we haven't been together on? Um, I think that it has been, easier because Carson fears and trusts the Lord greatly. Before he like loves me, he loves the Lord. And that's all you can ask for in a husband. And so I trust that if he were to make a decision that were outside of what I would do, I trust that me submitting to him covers me. Like the responsibility that the Lord told me to have was to respect my husband. So if I have shared respectfully my view and he still does not think it's the correct one, then baby, that's way on you. Cause like I did my part. And so I would just support whatever it was he was saying, I guess. Um, and trust that like I, I did my role. I prayed over it. I told him my perspective. And then I supported the decision he chose after that. Does that make sense? Totally. Oh yeah, absolutely. And Liz, That's I have to point question. out the
0: second part of that verse. It says they're supposed to die for us like Christ died for the church. So I'm just saying, maybe mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. willing to do that. No, I'm just kidding. No, no really <laughs> I'm not joking about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay.
1: I'm like like, I think wow that's all the questions that I had you guys are so
0: thorough this is so good I'm like we don't even need to be here like y'all just this is a chosen girl takeover situation that's all that we need because y'all like your wisdom and just practicality that you brought to the table is so needed not only in uh relationships who are in marriage together but relationships in general like not assuming mm-hmm. like checking yourself first and and looking mm-hmm. at what you need to overcome yourself putting God first in your life first yourself and and I mean I think that we all need to check ourselves on that so thank you thank you for that gift and also not get being tempted to listen to weird um advice that culture would tell us because I remember getting those too. Like when I would when I got engaged, people were like, Well, you just better get ready. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, get ready for happiness. Like what are you what are you don't don't project that on me. Like what are you talking about? But but thank you for for that gift to ourselves and, and our listeners. And we appreciate you guys
3: being so honest as well. Thanks for letting us be honest. And I feel like you guys are always honest and open with your listeners. So this is a place where everyone is safe and um, just comes to humbly learn and share. So you guys have created a great place for that.
0: Thank you. Thank you for We appreciate Thank that you.
1: so much. So before we uh, get ready to hop off, do you two have any last pieces of advice that um, for our single married, engaged, whatever, wherever we are in whatever season, just for our listeners in general?
2: I would say just enjoy it, you know, enjoy where you're at. Because there's, um, when you decide that, like, when you decide that marriage is going to be the extra thing, that it's like the icing on the cake. When when Christ is already the thing, it's like, he's the one that brings you fulfillment. Every day is an adventure, you know, whether you're single or married or whatever it is, every day is an opportunity to, Just be more like Jesus and be closer to what he wants you to do or has you to do for that season. And so like it's just such a rush for people to to get that job or to get married or to to finally be the person they think they're gonna be. And the truth is is like who you are is where is, is who Jesus has you to be right now. You know? Like literally if you're you know selling phones at T Mobile or you're um you know, making hit songs or, or working at McDonald's or whatever you're doing, that is for, that is where Jesus has you and who Jesus has you to be for right now. And they're all just as important. None of them are, mm-hmm. are any more important than the other. Yeah. And so I think the, the bummer is when people see they look into the future and they say, what could it be? And it's like, well, it, it is already, it's there for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think, I think if people can, hold on to that their whole life is going to be able to, to, to be on their deathbed and be like, I love my whole life. And Jesus was, was with me and shown me who I was supposed to be my whole life. You know, that's a, that's an honor to me that he would do that for us. So.
0: Yeah. Amen. Wow. That's great. Well, I guess that wraps up this show. Woo,
1: yeah. <laughs> this wraps up our relationship series. It's kind of crazy. I'm feeling like it went by so fast, but. I have learned just so much.
0: <laughs> so I'm like, why am I sad? <laughs> <'Cause I'm good. laughs> but seriously, thank y'all for your time and your honesty and for love and chosen girl. And we're praying for you guys individually and your marriage. I just know that God is going to bring so much good for the kingdom um, out of your Amen. powerful prayers and what is to come in the future for the butcher family. Um, which makes me so excited, um, just that spirit of expectation. So, guys, make sure, if you haven't already, listen to Alexis's podcast on her awesome testimony with her song Famous For, and we'll see you back here next week. See ya. Yay! That's it for today, fam. Thank you so much for listening, and make sure to rate and subscribe. And don't forget to visit us on Instagram at Chosen Girls Movement or on our website to see our merch and free resources. And meet us back here next Tuesday.